Sunny days are truly chasing the clouds away in the desert southwest as we speak. And what an opportunity it presents for each of us to participate in generating energy from the awesome renewable resource called the sun. Today, we're talking about all you need to know to go solar as a TEP customer in Tucson, Arizona. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. So are you ready to go solar? Well, I am really here to tell you that Tucson Electric Power is ready to help, and you will learn quite a bit about that from our guest. So let's welcome her. Please join me in welcoming Blanca Anderson. She is the Senior Program Coordinator in the Renewables Department for Tucson Electric Power, aka TEP. In that role, she manages a team of dedicated employees that supports customers making the switch to go solar. So if you're me, you're sitting there thinking, what does that mean exactly? Well, her team works with TEP customers to ensure a smooth solar journey, including education, working with installers, making internal processes faster, and leveraging new technology that benefits everybody. At the end of the day, they are creating a cleaner, greener grid and assuring TEP customers that they are partners in the solar journey. I would also like to share that Blanca has been an employee of TEP for 35 years, and she's not working. She's an avid watcher of all things to do with home design, which I would like to know more about, and decorating. Plus, she loves animals, specifically her two loyal dachshunds, Winnie and Picasso. I just had to throw that in. When I find out a nice little tidbit about a guest, I've got to do it. So Blanca, great to have you here, and I can't wait to learn more. And I have a lot of great questions, and I know you have all the answers. Well, good morning, Mrs. Green. Yes, I do. So I'm ready for your questions. I think you are. And the thing is, when I say in the intro, it's like, I try really hard to get the impact a show like this can have because there really are a lot of moving parts when it comes to going solar. You just don't sit down as a homeowner and say, oh, I think we'll put solar on the roof. There are pieces to it. I've gone through some of the vetting. There are clearly defined roles for the players. So to make it easy, let's just start off with a quick overview of what does the solar market look like here in Tucson? I'm always eager to know that. Are more homeowners going solar? Less? Is it stale, steady? You, you above all people will know. What's it look like? Thank you for the question, Mrs. Green. Well, right now, many of our customers are going solar. Last year, we had 7,547 applications in one year. Wow. So if we, yeah, right? (laughs) It's, It's amazing. So if we look at the numbers of solar applications, let's go back to, let's say, 2019. In 2019, we received 2,918 applications. Um, So we're trending up. Um, Last year was double of the year before and the year before or the year after. Everything has been double. So we are trending again to have uh, an equally busy year in 2022 as we did in 2021. Well, that makes me just picture me doing the happy dance, everybody, because I'm doing the happy dance because we need to get a lot more solar on a lot more roofs. And that is surprisingly great news to me because there's been COVID, which might have actually been a positive influence because people are staying home more and using their own utility. But 
Anyway, moving on to the next part of it. So there's, you, we're, we're going to go into this, but the utility is one partner. The customer is another partner. The installers are another partner. So what is the role? Let's start with your role. What's the role of the utility in a solar project? Because I'm, um, again, pretty sure you know all there is to know about that too. Yes, ma'am, I do. So our role is to facilitate um, customers having a smooth journey when they seek to install solar. That's our role. We're here to process applications. We're here to work with customers to answer their questions, to guide installers, to bring new installers into our service territory, to help them to learn the ropes as well. So our role really is is vital in the sense that we're a guide. If a customer has chosen to go solar, you know, we're hoping they've done the research, right? Um, we want them to meet with several different installers. We have, you know, a, a number of wonderful local installers. We have great installers coming out of Phoenix. So we, again, hope that our customers will make a good choice vetting their installer. Um, once they make that choice, then the installer will act as a program manager or project manager, if you will, to submit an application for them and start the journey. And what I love is that there really, really are underscore really, really great locally owned solar providers here. And I, when people call me and say, well, Mrs. Green, who would you recommend? I give them my top three choices. Okay. And nobody's ever called me back and said, oh, what jerks they were, or why did you recommend them? Because they're vetted, they're tried and true. And you know me, I want to keep it local. And it's great, those Phoenix installers. If we need them and they help you, that's wonderful. But if you can stay here in the old Pueblo, I think that's a better choice. And I can say that because I don't have to recommend anyone unless people call me. And I hope you don't mind me saying, right, because I have spent 22 of my 35 years in the renewables department, I've worked with, you know, all of the installers from the very, very beginning. So what I have seen is installers that worked for a company and then they decided to start their own company. That was their dream. And I think that really resonates with me because I've seen then this is, um, you know, company XYZ's dream to start their own company and build that. And that's been wonderful to be part of. So help us walk through like the next steps. So I call you or I go online as the customer interested. What, how then does the installer get involved? How do you help facilitate that marriage or dance or partnership as it were? What happens and what does the installer have to do for the customer? Okay, well, very good word um, in the sense of partner or partnership. When installers work with the utility, when we have that good working relationship, I believe the journey is smoother, right? So what would happen then, let's say you make the choice to go solar, you you select your installer, the installer will submit an application. That's the first thing that they will do. We'll get that application um, and review it. So they'll have an amount of time to submit it. We'll go into a status where they'll get all of their drawings ready to upload you know, make sure they're really ready to move forward with that project. I think that's the ultimate place to be, right. is that 
they've done their research too. So they've met with the customer, they know the size, the modules, everything that they're going to use, and then they push that project forward. So when I say forward, Mrs. Green, we're all working in a mutual data management system so that we can see when that project has come to us and we start our processes. The first would be just reviewing, kind of an administrative review that, okay, everything's okay, this is our customer, all of the information is correct, and then we internally move it forward to what we call an interconnection review, where we're looking at the system the customer's wanting to install, how they want to install it, does it meet our service requirements, you know, et cetera, kind of that more technical level review. And then we approve the project. And as we do that along the way, we communicate with both the customer and the installer. So every step, when we first get a project, we know there's a communication that goes out that's been submitted on your behalf. When it successfully moves forward, everyone is informed. So, you know, it kind of blows me away because, as you know, I am a great partner of TEP. And I've done a lot of podcasts. I have friends that work there. I know a lot about what's going on. But when a show like this comes up, I'm like, what? They do that too. And I really cannot fake my enthusiasm because when I read this little line that said, one of the things we do to assist installers is Friday time with TEP, which is targeted time with installers that need extra assistance to learn the ropes of working with us. So that was a big like, bam, for me. You're helping people like that, that, guy that worked for some company for years and would like to try it on his own as an entrepreneur, you're there to help them. And you share data and intelligence. You know, I love to use that word now because it makes me sound so technically savvy, (laughs) but you share information with them and really create an atmosphere where there's not an oversight, but a partnership and you want them to succeed as much as they want to succeed. Is that fair to say that or is that an overstatement? I I truly believe that myself. That's the goal. So, you know, we want to work with people. Um, the Friday time with TEP is relatively new. Um, we kind of reached out to the top three installers where we could see possibly a little struggle and reached out to them and said, we're here. Let's meet. Let's spend some time together. Mutually learn processes because, you know, Each utility, um, you know, there's TEP, APS, Trico, we all handle things slightly different. So it's understandable that installers might not realize our process. And that's really the goal is to help them understand, you know, everything now is about facts and data. So we are looking at, you know, monthly reports to see, okay, did we have, let's say, a meter set failure at the end of a project? Why did we have that? How can we be in touch with the installer to avoid that? How can we be in touch with the installer? Let's say they're changing their submitted project. Well, how can we make it so they don't have to change a project that we've all worked on to approve? And that's really part of analyzing, you know, when we have kind of a little stumble and fall we don't want to have and really reaching out and building that relationship Um in order to move everybody forward. Now, we want to finish projects as well. So if there's an issue or a problem or a stumble, you know, that takes time from our day also. So does the installer help with the, like you have your service requirements, do they help with 
the other authorities that I would say are like the city or the county having oversight? Do you help them, or does the util does the installer take that on by you know by making sure that the the customer is covered because they know what the requirements are in terms of you know h all of the codes and things that are required when you're doing anything on your home. Well, sure. So there's a lot to follow, right? For TEP, we're ruled by the service requirements, and there's a number of them. I'm so sure we there try, are. <laughs> and we we try to educate the installers on the service requirements that mostly pertain to the installation of solar. The jurisdictions are then responsible for uh, the enforcement of the National Electric Code, and they do that work. But we as well are familiar with um, the codes and try to help when we can. If there's something, let's say, you know, one of the group that reports to me sees something that may not be correct on a drawing, perhaps, then they'll reach out uh, to the installer and work with them as well. But nothing sounds adversarial. It sounds like you're all working to go in the right direction. And that made me really, it's like, yeah, this is really many levels of partnering and all hands on deck. And I love that, especially as a consumer. We tried, we we now are renting temporarily, but on our other house, we had um, technicians for sustainability came out. Kevin himself came out. Oh. And because we had settlement issues with the house, which were pretty extreme, he was willing to just say, Gina, I don't think it's a good idea because, you know, it, the house has to be stable and ours wasn't. So that's a story for another day. Now let's move on to this. this go ahead. And that is a wonderful story. And it is really, you know, we don't want to have an adversarial kind of relationship. We don't want that. Um, you know, the day goes by faster if we're all moving forward, if we're all, we all have that same common goal. You know, that's my job. My job is to make sure that if you want to do solar, we're here to facilitate that. Right, right. That's that's what we do. That's what we love to do. Again, I've been in the department for 22 years, and I love TEP, and I love the role that I get to play in helping customers. So when we work with customers, when we work with the installers, and there's a lot of people to work with, uh, Mrs. Green, as you can imagine. You know, we have probably 85 to 90 active installers at any given time working. And when we're talking about, let's say last year, we had 5,000 meter sets. So that's 5,000 wow. completed projects, right? So, you know, that's a lot of trying to work together. Um, if if we do work together, at the end of the day, we all get to where we want to be. And that's really a customer that has what they wanted, a solar system on their roof, because that's their dream, right? That's their dream project. Totally. Totally. And it's a big deal. And I think it speaks volumes about technicians for sustainability because Kevin wasn't trying to close the deal or make a sale. He did an honest assessment and walked away. And I have so much respect for them and several other solar companies here. So now we're going to get into what I call dangerous territory for Mrs. Green because okay. <laughs> I have heard the term DG, DGIRs, I can't even say it thrown about, have no earthly idea what that meant, what it's about. So now, Blanca, you get to tell me what is a DGIR and why do we even want to know? Why is it important? <laughs> I want to know. I'm going to act like a know-it-all now. Oh yeah, I know what a DGIR is. What do you want to know about them? <laughs> well, so the DJRs were 
Let's see. How can I explain this? Because it really... Well, is it... I, I guess I want to know, is it the Corporation Commission yes. that started that? Because it's... From what I read, it's all about distribution. Because like you said, you're not in a vacuum. So you have to figure out about the distributed distribution. Is that... Is, am I, have I gone off the, off the radar here? <laughs> no. Well, the DJRs help to give um, a framework for how projects are installed <clears throat> administratively and technically. So there's a lot of, if you read the DJRs, there's technical information on how systems are going to be installed so that everything is done safely for all the homes that solar touches. So it establishes rules that we are to follow, all of the regulated utilities that we actually have to follow. Some of those are installation rules and some of them are administrative. So that's my area of expertise. When we're talking about administrative, really that's that the customer can count on will be completed with our first review in seven days. The interconnection review, we have 14 days. So overall, we have 21 days. Customers know timelines that they can count on. They'll know that when the project is finished and the meter has been set, that they'll be advised within 72 hours that they have utility permission to operate. So it kind of gives a framework that customers can expect, installers can inspect, uh, a path that they can follow. So if there's, it, it, to me, it's more like an oversight body that's really focused on the customer. And I like that. They want you to make, they want to make sure that you're not letting things sit and the installer isn't letting things sit. So it was very encouraging to me to learn about them. And it seems to me that it's just a framework. So what happens if you don't meet the timelines? Do, do you just say you're sorry or do they do they give you extensions? Because things happen. People get COVID. Workers can't show up. Materials don't come. What happens if those timelines can't be met? Which I would think in a COVID world, that had to happen sometime. Yeah, so certainly the COVID world has been challenging. And I think for installers, um, you know, they've had challenges getting equipment. So we've had to make, let's say, some tweaks to our internal processes to allow, let's say, a project that didn't apply for or applied to have batteries, but then they can't get them. So, okay, let's let that project go forward. They have solar. Let's do that. And then when the batteries come in and the, you know, the supply chain has been an issue, right? When that equipment comes in, then we'll work with the installer to get that project finished. So we've had to look internally um, at the um, more the ability of installers to get equipment and allow them to make changes if they need to. So, you know, we'll consider that kind of a minor change. If let's say you can't get the modules, I had an installer reach out yesterday. They can't get equipment. Um, will they have to start all over again? Will we have to withdraw their application? And we really don't want to do that, right? That's more no work kidding. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what we internally decided to do is, okay, let us know which projects you can't get the modules on and we'll work with you. We'll work with you so you don't have to totally change everything. Let's kind of target how we can help you, the installer, not have to go back and forth with the customer. So the DJIRs, you know, kind of give us the framework, right? But, you know, we've had to 
mm, see how we can work within that framework and still help customers, still help installers, you know, meet timelines. They do um, have the ability per the DJRs to get extensions. So that's been good. I know that the installers have needed that. Our mutual data management system just automatically allows for that if they trigger that extra 90 days. And that's been really, really helpful. So, you know, we've been able to give the installers some of the tools. If you need something, just go into the system that we use, trigger that extra 90 days. And, um, you know, it's really seamless then. That's what it's what it sounds like. So I'm the customer. And I think if you go back, the first step for me as a customer would be the decision to go solar. So if you were me, would you start by calling TEP and getting recommendations for installers? Would you do your work yourself and look at Google? I'm a big fan of Google reviews to see what other people are saying about the customers, you know, the, the person, that not the customers, but the company that I might mm-hmm. um, want to engage. What would you recommend as the first step for the customer after they've decided we're going to do this? Okay. Well, really, you know, if a customer would call and we do get that or emails, right, they reach out and ask who we recommend. So we really can't do that. Um, we Which don't is have a good a answer. List. I was hoping yeah, right? that we, was the answer. That's, <laughs> we don't, you don't have do a, that. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't have a list um, of, okay, these are the ones that are great, right? We don't do that because we know that there are, again, wonderful installers here in Tucson. There's a number of wonderful installers, you know, um, outside of Tucson. So we can't do that. What we want customers to do is probably like any project, right? You're going to want to go to um, the Better Business Bureau, double check their ASRock right. license, make sure that they're in good standing, you know, do the uh, research to meet with people, have them come out, you know, meet with them. We recommend at least three that you are meeting with, um, telling them what are your goals? Do you want to offset your electric bill just a little? Or what are you looking to do? So, you know, there's an amount of thinking, I would say, and a customer needs to you know what is it, what is your end goal? And then reaching out to the different, you know, Google is great. There's a lot of information you can get as rock, making sure that license is in good standing, the Better Business Bureau, that there's no complaints. Um, and yeah, really reading reviews, you know, is, is really So do your homework. I, yeah, do yeah, your homework. It, well, but you know, Mrs. Green, that's like anything, right? Yes, um, this agreed. Is really, it's a lot of money, um, you know, a solar project is a lot of money. So, you know, you you have to don't go in anything quickly, but understand, you know, financially is there the how long will the payback period be for example if you're interested in right. that, right. you know, really length of experience of the installer, but you know, then again, I caution customers on that because several of them I know have broken away and started their own businesses. So they already have a number of years of experience. So you can't maybe look at somebody that's newly in business because they're already bringing a number of years. Okay. So that's, I mean, it's a really good piece of advice to just do your homework like you would any time for a a big investment like this. So in terms of the application, once they vet their installer, it goes to the installer to help the customer 
Because I would think this is like a complex carbohydrate. You want to dot your I's, you want to cross your T's, you want to make sure the application is in really good shape and in compliance. So does the installer submit the application to you once the, they, the, the customer and the installer agree? Does it go to you next? Yes. So the installer will input the application. And, you know, you're correct. I think I heard you say something about, you know, having correct customer information, making sure that the installer is giving us everything. So we have the correct customer name, correct address, um, when they upload drawings, that they are complete and correct, that everything matches. What you've, let's say, submitted on a drawing is actually what you've applied for. It's attention to detail is everything because what we want, of course, is to receive that application, it's correct, it's complete, and then my group can just zip right through looking at what they need to look at and then give approval much faster. So, you know, when we have installers rushing, making mistakes, you know, that ends up taking more time for everyone. So it's it's exciting to me because once it starts moving forward and you get to flip that switch, it's a forever thing. Customers that put solar on their roofs can, or on their businesses, get power from the sun every single day. And believe me, it mostly it's mostly sunny here. Can we agree on that? It's going to be 86 next week. And yes, I am not can. looking forward to that. It's like there's going to be a lot of sunshine. So don't worry about that, keeping your house hot and cold. Um, so I think this is an obvious question. But I want to ask it anyway, because sometimes I do have a firm grasp on the obvious and sometimes I don't. So if you are off grid, that's one thing. But you're still a, you're still a TEP customer, right? Because you're still connected to the grid. So can you explain that to me? It's a little bit fuzzy because you don't stop being a TEP customer if you have solar. No. So if you have solar then you, you don't stop being a TEP customer, right? We're here, no matter if you have solar or not, to keep the lights on, to give you safe, reliable power. So if you have solar, when it's dark outside, right, when it's nighttime, then you're pulling from the grid. So that's our power then. That's not something that you've generated. So you're always a TEP customer, um, no matter how much solar you know you have on your home, how much you're generating, you're using our grid to... If there's excess, that's coming back to us, right? So we are always connected. We're always here. Should your solar not something catastrophic happen, we're going to be here to keep the lights on. As far as an off-grid customer, an off-grid customer, that means they are totally disconnected, not in any way connected at all to um, Got it. TEP. Okay. Got it. So if you're off the grid, you're literally off the grid. Okay. That's correct. If you're living in a yurt, which we talked about earlier with a composting toilet, said (laughs) Mrs. Green will live there, never. Um, I get it. You you don't have anything connected all to TEP, which, which, you know, to me, I want insurance. I want to know that if it's 112 degrees and something happens with my solar grid, that I can just flip on the air conditioning anyway, and TEP is going to help me because we're going to be facing some pretty hot days, I think. Yes. So, so, you know, it's about having access to safe, reliable power, and that matters to me a lot. So I love the extent to which TEP goes to put more renewable energies there. And I mean, I, I was just such a good 
friend of Dan Hogan's till he left me. Yes. It was so sad. Like, I still miss that guy. He, he, I, yes. he, like, he educated me on so many things. We'd go to lunch. This was very early in my journey and get a bunch of questions. Um, so it's, it's just so affirming to me to learn more and know more. And hopefully I will live in a house that has solar. I wish we're renting only for three years because we're not sure about where we're going to land. But I hope that a solar roof is in my future because anybody that I know that has it is so pleased. There's, so, it's, there's nothing that goes wrong. They're just happy when the utility bill comes and it's, it's a lot lower than mine. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so great interview, Blanca. Okay. Really good content. Is there anything else that you wish I had asked you? Say, oh, Mrs. Green, you forgot to ask me about that, and I'd like to share it because this is your opportunity to tell me. Oh, no, Mrs. Green, I think you really covered everything. Um, The most important to me was for everyone to understand that it's best when we work in a partnership with each other, that we help one another. That's what TEP is all about. When you do a solar project, You are working with my department, with metering, with design. And when we all work towards that common goal, it is a seamless process for our customers. And that's what we want. So my final words are just the title of the show, Ready to Go Solar, Tucson Electric Power is here to help. And you really are. I mean, it's just there's so many um, things that affirm that and that will help the consumer take away their fears because that's what it is. You have to assuage their fears and maybe do a little bit of hand-holding. But I think you and your department and also the installers here in town are ready to do that. So thank you for telling me. Now I know if I do get to that point someday when we're getting solar and something goes wrong, I've got your cell phone number, so watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mrs. Green. I'll still be here to help you three years okay. from now. Don't, don't make sure you take my call. Okay. Don't block my number. <laughs> okay, everybody, that's a wrap. And for my listeners, my biggest, biggest ending messages, if you can go solar, do it. There's ways to finance it. You have all the help in making it happen and moving it forward. And it's really the most wonderful thing you could do on behalf of Mother Earth, says Mrs. Green, the planet preserver. So Blanca, make it a great green day. And thanks for taking the time to be here and educate us. I appreciate it. And you. Thank you, Mrs. Green. We appreciate you too. 